0: Welcome this morning. We are joined here at the Record Spinner podcast with a good, good fella, Ryan. How do you say your last name? Claren? Is that correct? Claren. Claren. Cool. And he is out of Chicago. We're going to talk today about audiophileism, if that's a thing, uh, and Sorry. a little bit of other stuff. I see he has his Blue Note shirt on today. We might talk Damn. about that. Yeah. I, I, I can't see the if it's Blue Note yeah. or if it's like the Blue Note like archetype. Oh. Like
1: no, it it is it's the actual like from the Blue Note store. Gotcha,
0: produced, nice, nice. But
1: it's the actual the actual catalog number. So do you do you know what record this is? Let me take a. Okay. I, uh, I want to guess, but same it's... same go- color, same catalog number.
0: I, I, I want to guess. I want to guess Lee Morgan something Lee Morgan, but I'm not, that's not oh, probably it's not very right.
1: close. It's Hank Mobley. Hank, Hank Mobley. Mobley, nice. Soul Station,
0: Soul nice. Station. Oh yeah, nice. That's a nice record. There you go. Uh man, that's a nice record. So yeah, um, I'm I'm really excited to to talk to you today, dude. So like, yeah, I, me I mean, and and the fact again that you like hopped on, and it's so early. It's you know right now in Chicago land, it is seven twenty three. I take it, and you know,
1: like I, I was actually I was actually at a at a little gathering yesterday with some neighborhood dads, uh-huh. and like, like I'm like I was like even though I'm like there. Mm-hmm. i'm like i'm already here like <laughs> i'm just getting excited just to be in a space you know the same space with you know someone that has similar interests yeah. and just like you know because that's, like, that's kind of what's all about what i mean
0: yeah yeah for sure and so you I, i've read your article on analog planet and analog planet for the for for those who are listening or, or may not know um analog planet does a lot of reviews around all things physical music um and in particular they, they do turntable stuff and, and that was yeah. that was a the article kind of that you focused on
1: and turntable like related gear
0: yeah sure. yeah and, and so like i i advise everyone to check it out i think um there there's this video also i don't know who it is of uh but there's this really cool video of this guy reviewing like records that he recently grabbed i i yeah. i i didn't like get his name and anything everything at the beginning uh uh-huh. is, is that who is that is that like the the so founder Most
1: like yeah most likely that's the founder slash editor he yeah, had the crazy Fremer. hair <laughs> michael from yeah okay go. cool cool nice and- is like he's just great he's been one of like the biggest advocates for just the vinyl community and for vinyl records um even i think his advocacy really started when the cd started to come into play Mm -hmm. and people were like cds are perfect records suck Like there was like that whole movement. That was a weird movement. I I do remember. I do. Yeah,
0: yeah, I do. I do recall a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: but there was like, you know, there was a few like record store owners slash like just like record uh, vinyl record industry people that were like, no, you guys will know what you're talking about. Trust me, we'll have the last laugh. like when all is said and done. And they were saying this the they were saying this in the 80s. So Michael Fremer was one of these dudes that was like. All right, you can you can drop your records and do all that, but um, I'm going to tell you right now, the the the, the record the, the vinyl community we're going to have the last laugh, and we're going to be the ones still here, and the CD folk you're not going to you're we're, we're not worried about you.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I, and honestly, it's that that's a really that's a really interesting point to kind of start off. So I want to first thank you again got your coffee i'm about to get a second cup probably so you'll see me gesture over or whatever um but but yeah thank you for joining me today on the record spinner podcast um this podcast is it focuses on all things black vinyl music um however that raises a really good point the cd like that was my intro into vinyl um Mm -hmm. essentially so when i was living in atlanta the story i told you earlier when i was living in atlanta i used to go uh frequent um criminal records and uh mood music uh, criminal records is a notorious they're like i guess they would be like the dusty groove of of atlanta okay. essentially they they're, yeah. they're a pretty big record store okay. um very notable uh, shout outs to them and i used to go in and i used to grab ri- vinyl sometimes and i didn't even have a record player at this time um, but i collected cds i started with C- the cd player and, and and i used to get a whole bunch of dave matthew stuff and all types of weird like just whatever and it, it was my intro into collecting physical music and this is back in 2011 i still have a box of cds down at my cousin's house still in marietta georgia right now and it's weird so i say all that to say like it's weird that the debate in the physical music space right mm-hmm. so like the CD Mm -hmm. versus the the vinyl. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. vinyl wins always hands down. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it's easy to say that. But in hindsight, you look, it's like CD does kind of usher you in, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. it kind of ushers you into collecting physical music. If you're good about it, you're going to move to vinyl. And that's why vinyl wins, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
1: No, I I think uh, I, I, you know, my my physical media experience is, is very similar. I think I started really collecting and getting into CDs probably like back end of high school, going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just another thing too, is like, you know, when your CDs are, are, are more at that time, we're more, we're more mobile. Yep. Um, you know, when, um, when car decks were CD player based, it was mm-hmm. just really easy to pop in a CD in that sense. Um, when people were, um, more ipod portable based it was easy to rip a cd onto kind of that electronic device so that was kind of that definitely was my foray um you know the only other what happened like in my journey was i I noticed the cd and it's like perfected like perfected sound quality Mm -hmm. kind of started that was how i started my audiophile journey okay and then there was this point in my audiophile journey where like well, if the CD is a perfect medium,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, I should start getting some gear to m- maximize yep. the perfection of its sound. And then, long story short, I got to a place where I wasn't really listening to the music. I was just, like, mm-hmm. listening to the gear, and mm-hmm. upgrading the gear. And my first impressions were be- would not be, like, "How does how is the music filling me? It would be, like, is the sound the best that it can be? Tip top. And then, like, you know I, I kind of caught myself in that and, I, and then I had this like part in my journey where I was like I don't want anything to do with this anymore <laughs> kind of got thing it, got it
0: got burnt out it sounds like yeah yeah yeah
1: and and you know the only reason why it got back in that getting back into this whole quote unquote audio file thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: was was vinyl so mm-hmm. 2016 was kind of mm-hmm. like I've always wanted a record player I've always wanted just the, that experience I've always wanted just, just to kind of see is that experience for me. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into that um, 2016, like I haven't looked back. Nice. Like, and now, now I'm back in doing the autofile thing from having put it away, mm-hmm. but I feel much more balanced um, back into it. And I really have to thank just like the vinyl community and just like records as a medium for getting me to focus back on the music. But combine it with kind of like my audiophile slant, I
0: guess. No, that's that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful story, dude. Uh, and and it's one that if you're into physical, any physical medium, I think you can understand entirely what Ryan is saying. That leads me to my first real question, honestly, for for you. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the the your first turntable setup, and so I want to start very basic here. Like, what is wrong with the Crosley suitcase, uh, beginner? All in one. What is what is necessarily wrong for for users or, or people getting into this hobby who may want to jump into what we call the kitty turntables, uh, the sure. cro- the Crosleys and the all in ones. Why is that Why is that a bad start?
1: I have it down to like the month and the day. It was December 2016 where I started to get serious. I want a record player. Nice. And the re- and actually to go along with what you just said, the reason why I want to get serious is because we had just moved to our current house. Mm-hmm. And just like the current living house situation, like started to open up to some opportunities of like just stability mm-hmm. and just like feeling grounded, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I, think, I know. All I, know. I, I think I think if my lifestyle was still in very much a mobile kind of transit situation, yeah. I I think any inklings of turntable records it would, I would have been like this, but like when I got, you know what I mean? But when I got- Cause it's a lot of
0: setup to it, man. Yeah,
1: that's yeah, true. It's true. So I guess even going before that, you almost need to be like, you need to feel like you're in a, in, in a, in a space that you're able to invest some time, not mm-hmm. only into the setup, but also into like how you want to like store your records and do all that stuff. Yep, yep. Because if you're still in kind of like a very mobile transit situation, um, I'm just going to throw that out there. It may not be the best idea um, at this given moment, but you know, I, I'm in, I'm in this space. Uh, me and my wife and my family we're planning on being here um, for a very long time for the foreseeable future. And it's December. It's getting Christmas time. It's you know that whole shtick. like, and you know, and then you start the Googling and you start the researching. And I guess you know when you do, when you Google this kind of stuff, like the Crosley, because of their brand and because of their marketing, it's going to be like one of the first things that you're kind of clued in Um, at the time. And currently, you know, there are just a variety of different like online forums that like I follow and that I'm a member of. um, And a lot of them have this kind of audiophile spin and like a very big common theme is like, Crosley sucks, Crosley sucks, Donald Crosley, so on and so forth. And you do, um, you know, and I guess I came into it not trying to fuel the fire, but it's like, why are people like, can you see past people's emotions online? continue Mm -hmm. to kind of get to the meat and potatoes of like what their message was Mm -hmm. and the general message that i was getting with the crosley was that due to a lack of like setup ability Mm -hmm. like you know it's kind of considered this one and done box kind of thing which from a from our first time consumer that that offers some like um ease of setup and efficiency of just kind of getting you going combined with the kind of cartridges and stylus that are usually outfitted with on these things which are usually like bottom bottom end yeah very um so like you know like you know if you actually look at the diamond shape it's like a fat diamond which may not necessarily be the best thing for the grooves grooves of some of these quality records that you're getting because a lot of people that are getting into this thing you're going to go to the record store and if you're trying to get up one of the newer reissues you're looking at 30 35 sometimes 40. 40. um and like that's just a lot of money to invest in records to not have the proper machine mm-hmm. that will at minimum not cause like groove wear damage um but at the same time if you've got a machine that's gonna um, have like a high level of distortion mm-hmm. which your ear even for a beginning ear your ear will tell you something don't sound right yeah like it's it's too noisy it's w- why is there that high distortion why is there like that screech screechy distortion and what happens is you don't blame the crosley cuz gross crosley with the brand and the marketing and the cool models and the pictures and all that good stuff mm-hmm. you're like well, couldn't be, be the crosley <laughs> it couldn't be them it's it's got to be the record or it's got to be the medium yeah so then you 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 collect you 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 drop a couple bills your first couple months you're not having an enjoyable musical fulfilling experience mm. But you don't blame the Crosley. You blame you blame the records. Yeah. But it's not the records. The records are good. It's the Crosley. <laughs> Dude, no, that's I mean? a that's a brilliant that's a brilliant
0: pl- point, and I I want to follow up with that. So even for and, and just to clarify, even for the beginner, you want to get and I hate using like the the really you know you want to get a few Jay Z records. You yeah. you into pop music. You don't want to go past that for now. Is mm-hmm. is that a, still a good place to start?
1: I think wherever you want to start that's going to get you hyped up about vinyl mm-hmm. is all good with me. Gotcha. And you have to, like, you have to understand, like, from my perspective, as a music teacher, like, I teach 12, 13, 14-year-olds. Yep. You know what I mean? So if I've got one of my students, and this happens, like, a good number of times, more so now, where one of my students, seventh grade, eighth grade, whatnot, mm-hmm. is coming up to me and is like, hey, Mr. and you had talked about... You're getting into you know, you're you have like a record collection getting your vinyl records, you know, I'm thinking I'm wanna collect. You know what I mean? Dude. And yeah. I know the kind the kind of music that they want to awesome. listen to is the kind of music that you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm gonna say, Well, um, if you don't have this turntable yeah. or this deck or this You need arm, you need three hundred dollars to start. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, know? you know, get yeah. get out of my class. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. say that. Yeah. Like my 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 purpose is to kind of get you in the game,
0: you know? And that is is so much the purpose of of this podcast. And yes, the music is definitely different when you listen on those Crosleys and all-in-ones. That starts you off, that gets you in the game. That's what it's supposed to do. When I first got my first all-in-one, the sound quality was decent. Now, I did notice that they were a tad flat.
1: That's the first thing I noticed, is that the music was a
0: little flat. I was wondering. I'm glad you.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you said that, and just kind of piggyback up because flat would be the exact word that I yeah, use. Yeah. Because the like one of the things that brings us to vinyl versus other forms of media is that the actual music itself, for some for some reason, and there are scientific reasons for this, and there are like neuro brain things related mm-hmm. to this that I found. <laughs> but there's just something about the sound of vinyl that legitimately like it pops. Yeah, yeah. It pops. Or there's something about like the dynamics of the music just seem to come more more like real life. Yeah. And I've had conversations with like actual like mastering engineers and like producers mm-hmm. that produce music digitally, they cut music through vinyl, they cut music through CDs, they do it all. Like these are like professionals in the industry. And even even they will acknowledge, you know, when I compare the same thing to it's like digital streaming version mm-hmm. that I, that I produce compared to like the vinyl that I cut, like there's something about the vinyl that just makes it sound more real. Yeah. Like yeah. it's more dynamic. Listen. So I yeah. think the Crosley will get you there. Mm-hmm. But like you notice like those all-in-ones and those, and those Crosleys, it, you, it's like it's flat. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your heart and your spirit telling you like, it should it should snap yeah it should crack and it, it should fill should, the room it should fill the room mm-hmm. and then you play these and it's like like you said it's it's decent mm-hmm. but you know there's something missing there yeah and um that's why i think so i guess the, the question is is that an okay start or can you start a little bit higher than that and to where from that's... from your first spin you're like bam i'm yeah. done yeah and i advocate just go a little bit higher than that base level it's gonna it's gonna be better long term for your own enjoyment
0: and I, and I second that we may disagree on this though I would recommend you I, I know you have a, a thing for the u-turn turntable I kind of I kind of sure. g- gave that a bad rep in one episode I can't remember but uh I my first actual turntable was an lp60. Mm-hmm. and the LP 60 is where I would recommend people to start now I know yeah. I think you you would recommend the u-turn which isn't too much yeah. more or e- actually expensive I um
1: so. yeah the u-turn is not really that much more expensive and I just I, I you know um listening to a couple of different interviews and podcasts with the group that's behind that u-turn group just like small business gotcha. like engineered made that's great like stuff they're like they're they're MIT dudes. Like they're not <laughs> nice. dumb. Like they, they they you know, and just like a but like three MIT dudes that are like, okay, we got this engineering degree, what we're we gonna do now. Well, let's make turntables. Like that's just, you know what I mean? Sounds like a good idea, <laughs> honestly. So I mean <laughs> And like and, and like it's very successful and that was my first turntable. And I remember setting that up, like I said, Christmas, I think ordered it December 2016. They hand build them. Um, everyone got it January 2017. Set it up in our little family room. Played my first record, and then even like without any like cue, my wife is like, "Wow, that's really good sound." Yeah, like, you can tell that's like so just to get that feedback from the wifey. That's like that's yeah. it. That's all you need to do. Like, yeah, right there. Yeah, that's, it. Done. Yeah, that's done. it. That's it. It's done. And you know, I'm not sure. Could I have had a very similar experience with like the L60 mm-hmm. or Crosley unit? Um, possibly. But I know just like when that first, that, that U-turn, and a lot of that was, you know, quote unquote research, but a lot of times it's just dumb luck. If you happen to buy into what they're selling, you set it up and like sometimes the stars just align and at minimum it gets you hooked. I would have that U-turn for, you know, from like, I only had it for like maybe six or so months mm-hmm. because um, even by that point in time, I was like, you know what, I, I, I wanna, like, it's the audiophile thing too. We're going to get to that. That's that's great. That's a great point. I I love your transitions. (laughs) Even though you're digging the music, you're like, you know, audio, audio audiophiles were a weird bunch. I'm going to, I'm going to preface that. I I want to talk
0: so much about this because we
1: love, we love music, but me as an audiophile, I will acknowledge there is something in my brain, in my mind, in my spirit that causes me to walk a little differently than from other folks. Okay. Mm. Uh, that's interesting <laughs> i like it <laughs> so but i only had that turn for a little bit but the current turn that i have uh, a techniques 1200 gr mm-hmm. which was part of their newer reissue series um the techniques they they canceled their 1200s in 2010 and people were so pissed they started like this petition to like yeah. you need to bring this back and then actually in 2016 techniques was like we've we hear you all right we're bringing back the 1200. And they, they've released it in like a couple of different newer, the, more improved variations.
0: The techniques, for those who don't know, if you don't know, that's like the God turntable of essentially yeah. the turntables. I mean, I think the only, yeah. I think there's a few levels above that. I mean, maybe, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's a custom made stuff. I mean, but yeah, techniques is got like, that.
1: So, they're up there. Yeah. So the one I, that I have, the GR, is considered like the value bet. Okay. Um, it's not cheap, but it's not, you know, techniques in the turntable they, now has way more. <laughs> so the gr is like but for me the gr is like end game it was a stretch to get mm-hmm. but it's like one of those things where it's like i know this thing is gonna last me 20 25 30 35 years because of the build quality and the engineering so was it an investment a, a big investment yes but i know i'm gonna enjoy it yep like for a very long time
0: and i think that and, and just that just makes so much sense hearing it now and i wish you would have, i wish you would have had the chance to talk to 25 24 year old me because i think i would have held out until i don't even want to think about how many records i've amazing like you said amazing records that i've played on that all in one that i've probably damaged or that i didn't get the, the right sound with and, and i didn't know it um and if i would have just waited i think because the 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 eagerness was there, the, the money wasn't at the point, right? Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, that's a unique situation. And, and if you have that situation, I think what both of us are saying are wait and mm-hmm. don't, you know, use the all-in-one or, or use the mm-hmm. LP60 until you mm-hmm. can afford. But mm-hmm. for those who do have the room to pay a little bit more, you should definitely be getting into the 120s, the LP120s, mm-hmm. uh, anything higher than that. Uh, where it's mm-hmm. going to cost you a little bit if you can afford mm-hmm. it you should do it for sure yeah definitely definitely but you yeah, did it
1: all go ahead but it all comes down to like those like that 120 which is just a it's a wonderful I it. device i love it i love it the, um
0: i've been i've only had it for sorry to interrupt but i only had <laughs> it. i've only had it for what uh i only take it i took it out of the box like maybe two three weeks ago i guess right when we moved yeah, up sure. here and man, like, I just cannot stop playing. I can't stop
1: playing oh, records yeah. that thing. It's, it's, and that's, and, the, yeah, and that's the on. thing. That's, a, and, and that's why, um, when I was doing my whole Google research online forum thing, like, when I presented them first time vinyl owner, just want to kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. Like, online people are like 120, 120, 120, 120. That was like pretty, it was, it was either 120 or like U turn at the time gotcha. were the two big ones. Um, But that 120, like you you get that, you get locked in. I mean, you can, that can be your, that can be your end game. Yeah. You don't even even really, you don't need to go above that if it's already kind of fulfilling you and what, and your needs in your space.
0: I don't think I'm going to go above it until I, until I purchase a home. That's oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. uh, until I oh, purchase yeah. a home and get a, a an actual study a sound room right, um, yeah. which is like the ultimate goal of vinyl heads right like is to get yeah. that sound yeah. room, uh, yeah. but until I have that like I think I'll stick with the 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 one twenty because it's just a perfect just yeah.
1: to me it's a perfect table. But and you then, said you know the, go ahead. Oh I'm sorry. no no I'll, I'll it. give it back to you. But the only thing that I would add to that is because you kind of talked about this is that like from an audiophile perspective one of the things I've realized is that in the audiophile space. There's a lot of stuff in the mid-region re- mm-hmm. that I'll just say up front, I think you're best to avoid. Like right now at Go the LP120, from an audiophile perspective, the LP120, I guess you could consider it. Um, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but uh, uh, from the audiophile perspective, they con- the 120 is considered entry level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know right? that. Which, they call it mid-entry, it, right?
0: Or something yeah. something like that, yeah.
1: But, but it's But in my opinion, it is quality, high-quality, like entry level. Gotcha. So you have that, and then in like the five hundred dollar to like a thousand dollar space, mm-hmm. you have it's filled with a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, it gets that, it gets really murky up there. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I would say what I'm saying is avoid that five hundred thousand dollar space mm-hmm. altogether, and just stay here on your one twenty, and then just do your thing, do your thing. But and you see, I'm getting above the camera. but Yeah, yeah. Once you get up, <laughs> <laughs> Once you get above that one thousand space, it, it does the game starts to change a little bit. It starts oh. to change oh, yeah. a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. And and there are there are tons of uh of vinyl enthusiasts, collectors, uh turntable experts and, and enthusiasts that I am super envious of. Uh, there's a great community of us all over the webs nowadays. I think we kinda dominate Instagram in a weird way, uh, because you know it's a very niche it's a very good forum mm-hmm. for vinyl right the, i mean mm-hmm. vinyl is about the album artwork it's about the sound mm-hmm. you post videos you post pictures and so all over the web i think uh I, I get to see kind of what you're talking about some of those more expensive uh tables and setups and it's just like yeah when i get there I Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get there, but you also have to enjoy where you are, right? And so, like, I think that that 120, that actually, it didn't set me back, but it was a big jump for me in my pocket. It was like, oh, word, like, I'm actually going to buy this, you know, $300 table, essentially. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I got the speakers already. I got my amp already. And so, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that stuff is pretty, I mean, it made my LP60 sound gold to me. So, like, the Mm -hmm. sound didn't jump that much for Mm -hmm. the LP120 um but it is noticeable to me but i want to get to this because this is why we're here you emailed me about this you talked about how you are not a snooty audiophile (laughs) however i don't believe that that's a thing i think that when i think that anybody in the music anybody in the music field anyone who is a fan of music and, and physical copy or collecting physical music in this medium I think when we hear audiophile, just automatically, I think of a white dorky guy with glasses. He all he mm-hmm. got all of this stuff from his granddad, who used to work in the music industry. It was all passed down. Mm-hmm. Like we think of, at least I do. I think of the most snooty people in the music industry because these are the people. <laughs> it, it just sounds like that, right? When you put file behind yeah. an audiophile, like ill, like, like who are these guys? Like yeah. what, what are they uh-huh. doing in this hobby? Uh-huh. But you guys are responsible for a lot of good things in our industry. And if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for you guys, a lot of us, me included, when I go read reviews about reissues and and you sent me one uh, just last week and you told me, Mm -hmm. hey, this is a good pressing. This is a, uh, these guys do Mm -hmm. really good work. I can trust your word because you are an audiophile, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can trust that as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know if you were just a music fan, I wouldn't be able to get any of that info from you. I would be—you would tell me, "Hey, this stuff sounds good," or "I like this version," but you wouldn't be able to tell me any of the details, any of the good, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this music is gonna sound great." So, to you, why is that? Why is that such a deal when we when we hear audiophile? Why why are some people so turned off by that term? Um, and is it a fault of audiophiles, or or is it a fault of people thinking like I think, right? Like, just stereotypical.
1: Yeah no i mean you know that's that is you know and i'll share with you my experience because mm-hmm. as, you can, as you can see like you know i like i don't fit that mold kind of you, don't, you don't you don't know? <laughs> you're you're a,
0: very, you're a very down-to-earth guy i can already tell i mean we talked we chatted over email a few times and like honestly like i i think i found like a music friend here so like don't like yeah i'm serious and
1: man and, and before i get into it like that that's my whole thing too like for me for me personally my audiophile journey was more about connections and like relationships with not only music but with people Mm -hmm. like that's that was my whole thing Mm -hmm. and i just found like yeah the geeky nerdy engineering brainy side of me was like uh i want to see i you know i love music but music is also sound so i want to go down this path of like like improving sound just for my own personal enjoyment. And that, that started a process of just like meeting other people. Now, with that said, you're in the game long enough and you definitely get to meet a lot of people that you, that you've just. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've and, met a few and, and they're yeah. cool. and, and they're cool. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, one of the issues is that in, in general, very, this is broad brush, very, I don't want to say like stereotypical, General, but the audiophile market, I think, um, for many years, they they catered to that kind mm-hmm. of demographic. Gotcha. Because that was the demographic that basically had money to to buy buy to the, buy the, the stuff. stuff. Yeah, to buy the buy speakers,
0: the to buy the, uh, the 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 buy the preamps and the amps
1: and the the turntables. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you know to combine with that, like me and some of my buddies, you know, before the pandemic. We would like in the Chicagoland area. There is a big like audiophile convention called okay. Expona. I've um, never and heard of that. De- That's interesting. I'll send you. I'll send you the details because the next time that they have Expona, um, and they have like different. I think Expona has been in Chicagoland area, but you'll be surprised. Like a lot of these like audiophile type convention events, mm-hmm. they pop up around the country. But uh, you know, I'm fortunate where you know one of the big ones in the whole entire world was in the Land area That's awesome. so me and my buddies we we would go there and like after and like it's cool seeing all the gear mm-hmm. and like it's like it, you imagine like a hotel room and each hotel room is by like a different manufacturer and it's got all the gears wow. and the wares and they have like the demonstrations but to be honest with you, after an hour your your ears start to turn off a little bit <laughs> because the kind of music that they're playing mm-hmm. it doesn't reflect the kind of music that i listen to at home like the music is very audiophile it's like What's music it's like that? it's it's kind of like i would describe it as almost like white boomer like rock pop mm, gotcha, does that gotcha, make gotcha. sense yeah no it, like, does. it does
0: it does it does
1: like Beatles and like after an hour i'm just like can y'all play like a jazz record or something <laughs> like like do you got to be playing like this this all this classical stuff because the classical stuff shows off the, the range, range yeah, yeah, of yeah. the gear Makes sense. or they'll play you know like the steely dan yeah. or the beatles i love steely dan but after an hour of listening to steely dan in the hotel with all of these like rigs that are just assaulting you with sound it, it's it's a it's a bit much gotcha. So that kind of that's that is where i think some of the image and the stereotype of the audiophile is in that the manufacturers and the mm. the electronic scene in general now but to their credit a lot of manufacturers are like if we keep on selling to this demographic we're going to run out of business because they're getting Interesting. older Interesting. you have to start appealing to um you know your age demographic my age demographic so like the prime you know 20 to 40 year old i guess you can you can kind of say and a lot of manufacturers are starting to get hip to that where it's like they need to produce quality sound at lower costs and it has to cater to the fact that you know a lot of our demographic are still mostly in the digital network streaming they want they like spotify and you know, a you need, and also like the older audiophile market is basically about like how many boxes can you fit into a room, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I got a box for this. I got a yeah, big yeah. black box for this. <laughs> I got a silver box that does this. And this box has tubes and it does this. And most people, like most people's living spaces, mine included, we, we our, our lifestyle can't accommodate yeah. that anymore. So so a lot of the audiophile so, you know, and I know I kind of. No, I know, just I want to say to, that that
0: was a picture perfect breakdown of, I think, the the picture that you were trying to paint of yeah. audiophiles. And, and you know, and the issue in that industry for sure. So
1: sorry. Yeah. So, like, at these conventions, you know, I I would, you know, I, I like them and I enjoy them. But I also acknowledge, like, I, I stick out like a sore thumb. I'm not really actually enjoying the music or the experience of being assaulted by this music and this sound that I don't personally enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I'm here because of the eye candy and being able to look at all the gear that I can't afford, nor will I ever buy. And you know what I mean? And all I will say is like, my personal friend network of audiophiles are people that like I've connected with that share kind of in my passion my journey where it's about connection to the music it's about not being snooty or condescending it's about building a community a trusted community of people you can rely on their opinion because if you ask me and i think you know even though we're just meeting today Mm -hmm. but you you know that if you ask me for an opinion about a piece of gear I'm going to always present it to you with your best interest at heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely I
1: attest to that
0: for sure. And and uh, excuse excuse that if you hear the uh, construction proud. out there. Um it's it's always something being built around here, but mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I I think that you are essentially the new wave of audiophile and and I I really think that that compassion you show um, toward us non-audio files is very important. It's going to go a long way to get a lot of other people into the, the sound. Now, I always consider myself a half audiophile, so I, I understand a lot of what you guys are talking about. Not the technical mm-hmm. terms so much, but yeah. a lot of what you guys are saying when, you know, the mu- uh, how the music sounds, where it sounds flat, where it sounds a little empty, where there's a little hiss, where there's a little pop and, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. I, I get those. I get that stuff. And when I hear it in in my LP 120 and even in my LP 60, I would try to remedy that situation. So that created a community for me where I would go to these forums and and, and find these videos online. Um, to and the, and the thing that I saw was a I saw that that bridge that you're talking about, the people like yourself where you guys understand that people don't have the money to be audiophiles necessarily. Uh, and then I saw you know the, the that old that old class right the old people mm-hmm. those old people who are very rigid and they don't mm-hmm. care that you can't afford to do it like yeah if you can't afford to do it the right way you shouldn't very do it. narrow yeah very you narrow. shouldn't do it right and that turns a lot of people yeah. off because it's like yeah. oh well, i have you know this lp60 and i think it sounds great but like this guy's telling me the lp60 scratches your record still and and that the sound isn't as amazing and that like yeah because it's not a customizable tone arm and, and all this stuff. Like, I, but, like, I don't, know, I'm not getting uh, the great sound. So it's weird
1: to support your position. Like what I would say for someone from your perspective, that's on these forums and you got some dude telling you this, I would just spit it right back at him. Like, how do you know? <laughs> like, do you, have you ever owned the LP 60? Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you the dude's going to be like, no. And then you just spit back at him like then don't tell me what to do. Yeah, then you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like like that's the beauty of the online form. You don't have to take it. Yeah, yeah. Like and- you can you can ignore. I would recommend you either ignore him. Or spit it right back at it.
0: And, and that, that keeps me that keeps me out of a lot of forms. Honestly, it, it makes me wanna and that's kind of again why I created the podcast, why I created mm-hmm. this this idea uh it's twofold. It's about, you know, my my community, black people for one, and it's about getting them into vinyl and and people who may not, you know, may not see it as a as an attractive thing but they like music and and maybe they collect CDs or maybe they've you know they've listened to a record maybe they you know like djing and etc etc but like thinking about just being one or or at peace with the music uh, actively listening to the music not mm-hmm. you know scratching or you know or you know not uh you know not driving or anything like that but like uh-huh. just being at peace with this music here like i do every morning or every afternoon Mm -hmm. um where you know i have my drink or i have you know or i'm just i'm reading liner notes or whatever like there's Mm -hmm. room for that and i think the the community itself stunts its growth by being very like you said narrow-minded and and Mm -hmm. i I like the fact Mm -hmm. that there are people like you who are out there now who are like yo like yeah like you can do this but like if you can afford to you should just do that like you know yeah and
1: You know the people, like when I'm on these online forums, you you or like through the YouTube vinyl community Mm -hmm. or whatnot that you follow, you learn to follow the people that share your yep in your Mm -hmm. Mm interests. So like that's why when I hear you, I'm just like when I hear you, I don't want to say bad mouth. (laughs) No, you you can say that when you when you (laughs) when you express valid concerns Mm -hmm. about audiophiles online and your interactions with them, you know. Um, I hear you, definitely, mm-hmm. and I guess, like, my journey has allowed me to connect and associate with people that are not like that at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, my, like, personal circle of, like, quote-unquote audiophiles, they're pretty much all similar to, like, where I'm coming from. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha.
0: And so, and so just to, just to touch on one more thing before I get into some personal stuff, uh, what you Please. collect and stuff. Yeah. To uh, to another demographic, and I, I fall in this category as well. The philosophy is a little weird, right? So yeah, the philosophy of, a, of an audiophile is you get your gear right, you get your gear tip top. Mm-hmm. You drop a lot of money. You drop a lot of money on mm-hmm. that. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. For some of us who just we care, it's just about the music, right? We care about the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The philosophy kind of is weird because. You're, you're dropping a lot of money that you could drop on records and so sure. <laughs> so what do you think yeah. about that like that that versus yeah. like like should i if i love all things jazz like i do and i want i want to one day own all about davis's catalog mm-hmm. should should i be that worried about my sound i mean as long as i get to a good place for me and and then mm-hmm. i tap out there i'm gonna go and grab all my on my records but the philosophy seems a little different for those who are audiophiles can you speak to that a little bit
1: yeah definitely um and i'll preface this with something that i've kind of reflected on the people that produce records and like when you talk about miles davis
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the kind of studio they had at columbia and the, the beauty of the acoustics of that room and the producer that produced those records from kind of blue to mild smiles to nefertiti to all the good stuff which i, I have all of them yeah, yeah um to the to the person that was responsible for cutting that actual lacquer mm-hmm. and pressing that those dudes are all audio files yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like the people that are actually producing this stuff and like even now like one of my like and we'll talk about this a little bit more but like the Tone Poet series. Yes, yes. Right, because yes. I know you mentioned. Right uh, now, I've yes. seen a couple of yours. The the Raja uh,
0: okay. is one yeah. of my faves right oh, now. Yeah. It's so under. I think it's underwritten, but oh my god, man! Yeah. That so.
1: That long story short, I have them all because I love them. Nice, They're fantastic. But the the person that produced that series mm-hmm. and curated for Blue Note, Joe Harley, he's an audiophile. Yeah. He's a hardcore audiophile. The person that he hired to cut all those records, Kevin Gray. Mm-hmm from coherent audio the mastering engineer who's one of the best mastering engineers in the world mm-hmm. he's cutting those records from like a multi one hundred thousand setup so you know what i mean so it's like
0: like, like exactly where you're there,
1: going <laughs> there, there is the side of audiophileness where it's like where would we be without these dudes yeah
0: yeah i mean you know, you know, know what that. i mean yeah, yeah. like we we owe you guys a great deal well because you guys are essentially responsible for a lot of yeah, the quality of music that we hear.
1: So, so I guess like there's like different. I guess like li- like the 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 branch of audiophile, where like the random dude that's condescending mm-hmm. kind of to you online. You have to like ignore that dude. You have gotcha. to do everything in your power to either ignore that. That dude guy doesn't or... exist, guys.
0: <laughs> if you see him on the, <laughs> if you see him on the online forums, like I do, that guy does not exist. He's not real. Exactly. Okay.
1: But you do. But at the same time, like I had conversations and I, i've actually emailed and had really nice conversations with joe harley hmm. the guy that actually produces the tone port series Nice, and he's actually kind of he's more similar to me gotcha he's very just down to earth and very humble and he's all about the music hmm. so i think you just have to understand like in the kind of audiophile space we come in all different shapes and forms but the branch of audio files that are actually behind the reissuing and the production of all this stuff are truly very cool like they're not doing it for the money you know what i mean yeah. like he's not he's not becoming a millionaire through the tombstone series I, i'm telling you you yeah. know at 30 35 a pop yeah cuz this
0: is still 20. niche yeah and uh, yeah. yeah yeah you're right you're, exactly. you're completely right he, 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 he,
1: He's doing it from 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 the music lovers perspective i guess so i that 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 was point. like my intro into your question i really no no i, I, no,
0: I, I, I you know, love the I guess, way you set these questions up to, for answers so continue please
1: but to kind of actually to kind of uh continue along with that with like um the whole for the consumer audiophile mm-hmm. that balance between actually buying music and buying gear I, i'll i'll be you know i can only speak from my experience when i was When I was a CD medium user, I got to a space where I definitely suffered from it was uh, I was buying less and less and less CDs Mm -hmm. and listening to actually less and less music Mm -hmm. and listening and buying more into the gear aspect. And then basically it got so bad for my own enjoyment where I just I I stopped and I just I told myself I'm done. I'm going to sell off sell off my gear maybe keep a couple of pieces here or there keep like a set of headphones just so I have something to listen to mm-hmm. but like i'm done i'm done with the forums i'm mm-hmm. done with the constant in the audiophile market we call it uh upgrade itis mm-hmm. upgrade itis where it's literally like the syndrome of where you just gotta and, and that's what I, that's and,
0: what i was talking about with that question for sure is the, those people yeah. who are just like the next yeah. thing i'm gonna drop 300 dollars yeah. um
1: yeah i have faith that it's not a long-term, sustainable philosophy. Mm. And if you are an actual, like, reflective person, you will look at yourself in the mirror one day and be like, I can't continue this. Mm. And then what happens is you're going to start down a different path in your audiophile journey worth about balance. And I like the, way, like, the way that I would describe myself is kind of like how you describe yourself. Half music lover, half audiophile. Yeah. That's actually very okay. close to where I'm at currently right now. I, I have to think just like my own like journey, my own experiences, being able to experience the low points of what I think mm-hmm. this audiophile path can bring, um, being able to reset, being able to change your living space to allow more balance mm-hmm. in your own life and your own enjoyment. And I think where I'm at right now is definitely closer to like that music lover, sound gear audio file i feel way more balanced about all that stuff than i've ever been in my pre in my life before
0: dude i, I love your answers first of all dude like the way you explain your your perspective is really really dope i gotta say that uh you, and, and, and it, it just clicks too it makes sense for me because i think you come at it from that perspective of understanding and seeking understanding right as opposed to being like a know-it-all which We have in our little niche the 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 the, just the music lovers, the collectors, the the extreme collectors. You mentioned that in the Mm -hmm. email that we talked about, like Mm -hmm. these people who just I I need the latest, I need the newest, I need the newest, and you you collect all this stuff and you don't listen to it. Now I was just going through my collection yesterday and uh, I was thinking about it. There's (laughs) and I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, yeah. There's and I was joking with my girlfriend about this, and I went through my collection. I was listening hardcore yesterday after work. And I noticed that there's not one record or one genre in my collection that I, I, do, I don't listen to, that I don't, like, know. Like, not front not everything front to back, but, like, mm-hmm. when, when I put on, I was putting on some, like, I put on some rock, and it was yeah. bread, the best of bread, right? Like, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this record. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I remember when I first bought this record. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I yeah. listened to all okay. of my records. That song, If. If, yeah, no I, I, yeah, I love that
1: song.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah come and- on,
1: I don't care, I don't care what you're into, but when you hear that, if a picture paints a thousand words, <laughs> like you're done, awesome. it's over. You're, you're gonna you're gonna spin that i don't yeah. care what you're into
0: yeah and, and i bought that record by accident it, it, i just love the the cover at first and because you know i'm I, i'm into rock but not like super into you see my yeah. zappa shirt right now you know like oh, you know, yeah, love frank zappa. I, don't, I love
1: how you're you're rocking the zappa i'm rocking the yeah the blue, the blue note. note yeah yeah oh. yeah <laughs> we got it going on right yeah yeah uh go.
0: it's like a like kid and play or like uh like <laughs> white man can't jump or something like that i don't know like <laughs> um but yeah like i really i really think that what you explained can happen on both ends like you said like i've seen that i've I've witnessed that myself it happened when i first got into collecting i got a whole bunch of stuff and then i was like hold on i need to pace myself first so i don't have to break the bank one Mm -hmm. and so i'm not like just trying to keep up with the joneses or keep up with these people who you know yeah who are telling me that like it's a, i have to consume consume consume
1: right like, yeah it's a, that's a big element in the audiophile yeah. definitely where it's like you get into these echo chambers basically in these audio in these audiophile mm-hmm. online forums and you see you see the the pictures and their setups yep, yep. and but you know that's as you as you probably know that that just speaks to a deeper systemic issue just kind of like a capitalistic yeah yeah capital
0: that's I mean, that's that's where we are right that, that and, go, that's a whole other podcast yeah yeah whole yeah, nother you know, podcast like... actually it, it's the same podcast <laughs> i talk about it sometimes yeah. i don't know if you yeah. i don't know if you heard any episodes no, no, <laughs> but yeah mean, i do yeah. talk about like how you know yeah. how that's you know that's silly stuff too but you know like I, i'm in this it's always a weird that's always a weird conundrum for me because i'm I'm definitely not a materialistic person, but my one my one thing the whole the one thing that keeps me in this capitalistic society right <laughs> and, and and off the communes is uh-huh. my records my music yeah I, I okay. need my art that's my art that's mm-hmm. my thing and uh and and I appreciate it for for keeping that balance because that's about balance right that's you know mm-hmm. not me going all the way over here and being like mm-hmm. oh yeah like I have to see things through uh I I understand materialism because I essentially participate in materialism when mm-hmm. when we talk about records, right? Uh, but yeah, that, that's for another episode. We can get into that later.
1: I I, re- I recently just started kind of just listening to a variety of different podcasts, mm-hmm. some of them audiophile based, but you're like one of the few like music centered, I guess you could say. And it came from the perspective where it's like, like, I was like looking at the music that I was collecting and that I was loving. And mm-hmm. like the music that I have on my walls it's 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 black jazz music. It's, yeah. it's blue blue note yeah. is my favorite catalog. So what what brought me to your podcast was like, I guess the idea of representation. Like I guess my personal philosophy is if I'm listening to black music, I need to understand the black experience. It's that's basically it. it's like it's like a of reflection. It.
0: That I mean, you know I mean, dude, yeah, that that's literally it. That's literally it. That's yeah. that's that's all. Um, that's all I'm trying to accomplish yeah. here. So like, and, you and, let you know, me know I, that. I was,
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was a music major in college. And like that brought and I went to a school that actually had had a very quality vocal jazz and instrumental jazz program. But you know, when you when you learn about jazz, from a very academic university Mm -hmm. kind of perspective, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's very different than when you truly listen to it personally. And you try to factor in the social and historical and political context into the music itself. Yep. So it's like, yeah, Hank Mobley, yeah, he's a dope player, really a dope, dope album, but there's some, there is another element to that where, as a black musician in the late '50s, early '60s, it wasn't easy for this dude to it make this record. It wasn't. It wasn't. And even when he made this record, there were so many just like political and systemic things and cultural things. Yeah. went into it where people were like oh i don't want to listen to that hard by
0: yeah yeah and and they called it you know they called it things like race music and they put you know they had to they had to put white women and white men on the covers of their records to to sell their records like this this is the this is our history though and so i think it's important to revisit and keep it in mind for any music lover and so the, the point the 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 final like point for for the podcast for when i thought of this this thing is is that like i i believe that if we look back at where black music really takes off in america we can see trends that are still alive and well today and the the men and women who are benefiting from these trends have the Hank Mobley's to thank, the Miles Davis is to thank, the Stanley Cows to thank. Um, because they they blazed that trail, right? They set that mm-hmm. they set that off. Um uh, speaking of of all these musicians, I have to ask now all these personal questions. Yeah. What what got you into collecting? Like what what sound, what artists, who got you into it?
1: Yeah, so I guess um when I first started collecting, I think a big part of like my jerk like when I first really started buying records, mm-hmm. this was like that December, 2016, January, 2017. Um, you know, I'd go to the local store and I think like a lot of record stores, at least in my area, mm-hmm. actually have a very similar personality. They're, they they have a, a, a focus on like the 60s, 70s, kind of like white rock. Kind of realm. Okay. Okay. So I think I think my first foray into vinyl collecting was like, mate, is is this what it is? So it's like <laughs> Dan, it's like Beatles, and I'm like, okay, I, I like this, but you know, maybe there's something more. And I think, um, and, and I don't know how it happened, but I actually I I I I, I got some records. Go for it. That I wanted to show you. Yeah. So I think somehow, some way, I I, I I I got myself to this spot.
0: Nice. Now that's the man right so, there first of all just, yeah because yeah.
1: you know he, he's the mess he literally is the messenger
0: who, who are we so talking about we're was, talking about art art blakey for those talk- who are yeah, Blakey, yeah who you yeah. can't see so
1: this is Art blakey um but this is actually a very so the tone poet series mm-hmm. um was produced by a guy by the name of joe Harlan. but before tone port series joe harley and his part um someone that he partnered with uh named ron Ramback, mm-hmm. um they were hardcore blue note aficionados mm-hmm. that were also in the audiophile record vinyl record community space okay. and then i think this was like 2000 or 2008 they started a series of reissues called music matters jazz yeah. so if you go to musicmattersjazz.com these are like high quality I'm not it might be hard to see no, no I can but see. like this cover is reproduced exactly like it was released in the 60s uh, tip on tip on gatefold these are actual like nice. photographs from the studio from the actual blue note photograph catalog and the cover was reproduced from scratch using the original Pantone color scheme to basically be as authentic as possible nice. and the sound i literally when i put this on and i literally laughed out loud i was like there is no way on earth that something like this can sound so good not just like the sound mm-hmm. but like the music and freddie hubbard the curtis norms. fuller wayne short yeah Wayne yeah. short yeah. cedar wall and jimmy Merritt. but then i picked up oh, okay i'm gonna get some more messengers and it's like Lee Morgan. Yeah, yeah. So like, Listen, you know, Art Blakey, Art Blakey. He was a
0: school. He was, he was a school yeah, was unto a school. itself. Yes. So many, so, so think, many legends come through Art Blakey for sure.
1: And it's like literally like 200 Blue Note titles more. Like, like I'm rocking the gear now. You know what I mean? I love, it. I love <laughs> like, it. Like I, so Blue Note, Blue Note specifically through, but as you know, like Blue Note OGs, they're too darn expensive yeah yeah so yeah. so for for me that was coming into this space I, I definitely had to rely on the quality reissue market to fill Same. my music with the stuff that I need Same. and that's why I'm indebted to these guys that do that like yeah I'd like to get there's no way I can afford 200 Blue Note OGs yeah it's just it's not it's impossible um so the reissue market has filled I have maybe got like a handful that are more reasonable but most of my blue note collection which is what i really love to listen to which is what i predominantly listen to mm-hmm. is through the re is through the reissues
0: yeah yeah same here and that's that's a really good point i want to highlight just really quickly like that is so important what all of the if you're reissuing any type of jazz records right now you are super important to getting people into music let me just just highlight that right now music matters uh, I'm talking about the the Tone Poets series that is super cheap um, comparatively. I'm talking about uh, record reissuers like Ple- Pure Pleasure. Um, uh, I can't, I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to run out of names here. Like Mr. Bongo does a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, he gets a lot of reissues and, and, and puts mm-hmm. them out at really reasonable prices. Um, mm-hmm. These are orgs who, and companies who are doing a great service to to getting music out because they're doing twofold. They're making it affo- affordable one Mm -hmm. and they're releasing like you said tip top quality music when i first got into this hobby as well the thing that i noted and the thing that almost drove me away was oh this is one of those pay-to-play hobbies i get into it and oh yeah like you could buy you could buy the vinyl you could get you know uh, you could get some some decent stuff right but the really good stuff you're going to have to pay for it. And it almost drove me away. It was like, oh, I'm never going to yeah. get my hands on any Strata East, which was my favorite jazz label, which is my favorite jazz mm-hmm. label still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was like, oh man, like, so I'm never going to get my hands on any of this stuff. Black Jazz, I'm never going to get my hands on any of this stuff. Original Blue Notes, I'm never going to get my hands on any of this stuff. But now, because I'm only care, I'm only worried about the music at the end of the day, I'm able, I, I have a whole, most of my 500 records is stocked with reissued black jazz reissued Mm -hmm. strata east reissued blue note Mm -hmm. and that's fine with me now i'm starting to get into Mm -hmm. copping the originals i bought a few original strata east for the first time paid a pretty penny i don't know if you heard that episode yeah um oh yeah but Mm -hmm. but yeah like now that that's it's like it's going back to our original point right you 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 ease into it you level up you 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 slow yourself into it and then you, you can it. you you find where it is you you really want to go you really want to take this hobby uh, because it's yours to it's your you own it this is your hobby here so like don't worry about what other people are doing don't worry about what other people are 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 copping or whatever you can eventually Correct. get to whatever level you want to get to if you take your time with it and look at where it is you want to go because now i own mm-hmm. three original uh, strata east and when i first got into it I didn't think oh, I was going to do it, but it's slow. I slowed into it by copping those exactly. issues, getting yeah. the music, getting comfortable. D- with that. Don't
1: don't get into the scene starting on eBay or Discogs looking yes. for OGs. Yes. Like, oh, my no, God. Oh, do my not God. do that. Yeah. No, look please, for OGs please. at record stores. Yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> Go to your brick and mortar record store to exactly. look for all the OGs because they they price them fair. They're going to be affordable. They're not going to be out of the, out of this world expensive, dude. Like, I'm seeing stuff on Discogs all the time. that's it's just like, who's going to buy this?
1: And then I bought one. I, but... well, and your, and, your, la- and like your last podcast on the flippers, man, I'm with you, man. I'm just like, oh, man, these guys. But that's, again, you know, that's why you got to give credit to the reissue peeps yeah. and the reissue producers and cutters because they're basically saying, like, you know another to add to some of the great orgs that you just mentioned um acoustic sounds oh, yeah. has partnered yeah. up they've partnered up with the verve with uh, the verve side and the impulse side nice. of the jazz market so and their stuff they're releasing is at like tone port price if not cheaper so they they released um a brand they had you know one of their first reissues was john coltrane love supreme but cut from the like analog tape mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like the sound I think is I have like glorious. Yeah, 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 and, and that's like, dude, that's like, well, I think what Amazon I got that for like twenty five bucks. Yeah, twenty five bucks. Love, yeah. Supreme, love Supreme that in some aspects probably even sounds better than an OG. Hey, cause hey, because it's freshly, because it's freshly cut. Yeah, for twenty five bucks from Amazon, two day shipping. If that's the route you want to go, yeah. or you want to get it at your local, whatnot, and that's now in that's now you're, it's playing in your space. Yes. Come on. Now. And, and that's the main thing. <laughs> that, that's the main thing right
0: there. It's like it, it's playing in your space, meaning that you, you own this copy, and and you gotta yeah. you gotta think about it the same way our forefathers thought about it. Like, and, and they didn't think about it being oh yeah, this is gonna be worth a lot of money one day, and I gotta you know lock this up. They enjoyed playing it for friends, for oh, family. Man. It was a time where hey let's sit down and listen to this record like and enjoy yeah. this record um, it, was so, it, it, exactly. it was the experience exactly experience experience and, it was and
1: you the, have to be the social community kind of time piece which yeah. you know if you can in modern times unfortunately like combined with pandemic like music has unfortunately become a very insular yeah isolated experience yeah. um but i'm sure you know we're all once we get once we kind of clear through i know i'm going to be more cognizant of just like live music supporting live music oh yeah yeah I think but that's even just like that. my own like even my own listening like i've already got a couple of like things set up with some of my buddies it's like hey you know whenever when everyone's vaccinated and cleared how about we just we come 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 to my crib and just, I do that. Let's just listen to that. music. Yeah. let just listen to music and just drink together and yeah just kinda have yeah. Tea I do that. I call them listening
0: parties, but they're not like you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, or unfortunately, I don't have any like live artists, right? But like I host these like before pandemic, I host these like little lives, little parties where we, I just invited a few friends and yeah. you know, that's all I have really a few friends, but you know, yeah, I invited a few friends. Yeah, I invited, no, a, few same, yeah, I invited a few friends and we came I've, over. I've drank.
1: added, I've added one today. Yeah, man, yeah, so you've
0: like, added one for sure. So like,
1: you know, I, I, I was at like five or six friends, like today I'm like seven. At seven yeah,
0: so yeah, 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 me and you both, me and you both. Uh <laughs> So yeah, I, I really, I really think that that's what it's about. And so like with my friends, it's like, they, they're like, oh man, like, you, like you have such a lush record collection, I'm like, dude, if you only knew, like the people I see and the people I yeah. look up to, like so yeah. it, it it trickles down, yeah. right? But like it gets yeah. them going, and they're like, hey, like maybe you know, I gifted one of my friends, like a couple friends of mine, yeah. I gifted them a Leon Bridges record, which you know they enjoyed. Uh, so like I, I'm oh, starting yeah. to get into like getting other people yes. into it, and so like that's the yeah, beauty same. for me. Yeah.
1: Like one of my best buds, that's kind of like like my go to audiophile mm-hmm. music buddy. We text each other. We send each other Spotify links for cool things. But he he's more in like the digital networking, network streaming space mm-hmm. when uh, of his style of listening to music. Um, but like every time, like I double up, like if I've got a record that then like I doubled up with like with like a reissue, mm-hmm. and um, or I've just got something where I just want to like give or donate. Like I just it, I don't need to have it in my question anymore. Like I, I just give it to him. So like he has like a shelf of just like records that i've just given to him because i'm trying to like every day like it's like a daily thing i'm trying to push him hey dude
0: how can i get on that list yeah
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to kind of add further to this whole idea of um like do you devote your money to the gear do you devote it to the music like where's that like balancing point because i think that's a really that's a really important discussion yeah um you know, from my perspective, that's done, it, that's done at both. Like mm. I've, 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 I've been at both pendulums, you know, my audio file journey, um, it's lowest, worst point in my audiophile journey was when the funds were dedicated more to the gear and the upgrading of the gear mm-hmm. and the listening to the gear than the music. So I guess I'll just preface it for anyone out there that's listening. Like if you get yourself to that point, you just got to take a step back look at yourself in the mirror. And just be like, this is not this is not the right pace either. Yeah. But like you kind of mentioned this too, um, there's another extreme of that yeah, where the records, you know, you're you're just you're just buying records yeah. and you're not listening to them. I have I, I know dudes online where it's like, like they're buying all these records, but then they're selling these records, not necessarily to flip them, yeah, yeah. but because they've they've accumulated so much, like they're selling records sealed that they've had for for years right. i'm yeah. just like are you serious yeah. if i buy a record sealed i'm ripping that shit open, yeah, it's the, open. as soon it's as open. i get home it's open, it's yeah. open. <laughs> so like there there's there's dudes out there that like are buying stuff and not actually listening to it yeah like holy there's a lot of those dudes too yeah yeah um, and, and it's
0: and, and it's crazy it's crazy to me because i i have maybe three records in my entire collection that are still sealed not because they're worth anything but it's just because these are in my holding pattern right these are in my yeah. like listen to as soon as you can but i haven't Same. gotten around Same. to it right um
1: yeah. I've, I've, I've literally got i think like two things yeah that i bought within like this past yep couple weeks that yeah they're still sealed but just because life is crazy, and I'm driving kids to softball and soccer. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. You know what I mean? I, I will. I will listen to you. I promise you, record. Mm-hmm. I will listen to you. Mm-hmm. Just, just chill out for a second. <laughs> I got you. you
0: know? No, but but I think I think that's such an important piece, uh, and and we're both kind of saying that here on this episode. It's just that I think for anyone thinking about getting into this hobby, there are a few real laws that you should abide by, and they all are based around pacing yourself. Pacing yourself, yes. understanding yes. your budget, and not looking yes. at, like, who has what. Because, let me tell you something, the shit you see in the vinyl community will make you jealous. It will make you, like, yeah. dang, like, I need yeah. something like that. I need I need that record. Yeah. When you hear some of these, like, snippets yeah. of, like, of people who play records on Instagram, or people who play records on YouTube, like, you, you hear mm-hmm. the, this music, it's like, I got to have that, but you have, no, you got to have, what what is it that you're into? Before you heard that, what were you listening to, right? Like, what were you enjoying? Like, it's good to increase your palate, but also know that there is a way to get that music. There reissues, if you can't reissue it, just listen to it digitally until... Until you're able to get it on vinyl. You know, like that. Just take your time with this. Don't go broke. Don't break the bank. I've done that before. Like I said, like I was one of those guys, like that you just described, buying all these records, having most of them sealed, being able to resell them and and get money. Like I I wasn't trying Mm -hmm. to get money, right? But like I I was able Mm -hmm. to resell these records because I hadn't opened them. I was buying too much records. I was buying too many of them records and I wasn't listening to this
1: music. And I think, you know, there's. And you kind of touched on this, that I think there's certain things, like, I'm the kind of person where I know if I don't check myself, like, mm-hmm. I, I know, I just, I, I, have certain, I have certain idiosyncrasies about me as a person that if I don't keep them in check, it's going to lead me down a bad path. Talking about, <laughs> you you're,
0: you have an addictive personality, is that what you're talking about, sorry. Yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so,
1: so, it's like like, for example, like, I know that like, I, I know for me personally, I should never have more than one or two things, like, still in a sealed, yeah, that have been unplayed. And, like, if I'm in that situation, like, that just me telling me and my, myself, like, just calm down, yeah, just chill wait yeah. and chill out. Um, another thing that I figured, like, I, um, on the Discogs app, I've started to like catalog like my collection because mm-hmm. you can, um, um, I'm not yeah. sure if you, if yeah, you've ever done that, I, I, I so, do that.
0: I only have like, like my really good stuff up there. I, I haven't gotten yeah, into reads, exactly. weeds yet with all my, all my records. But.
1: No, like what I've, so I use the Discogs app to catalog just like the higher value stuff, mm-hmm. but there is this, when you click on the, my collection in the app, um, you can randomize, like you can have it randomly pick something. Mm-hmm. And that's actually been awesome for me because sometimes there's things in your collection that you like you forget
2: yeah or like you
1: haven't listened to a while yep so i'll go on my discogs app and um you know like on the app it does this thing where it's like look at that
0: nice that is pretty cool that is really cool i'm I'm gonna
1: i'm gonna listen to some to some lee morgan cornbread love that
0: record by the way
1: that's going to be the next thing i'm going to listen to so i've actually used this to kind of keep myself in check because if i you know it almost i don't want to say it forces me but it gets me into this space where it's like you know it holds you accountable. you need to be remote it holds you accountable yeah. you need to be reminded of the art that you have you already have you already have a lot of good stuff you already oh, yeah. have in yeah. your collection yeah. yeah and take advantage of the art while it's still here while it's still being reissued while it's still while you still have People that are even remotely interested in mm-hmm. producing this stuff mm-hmm. for us to consume and for us to enjoy so like being able to uh, impose certain kind of lifestyle checks on the way you consume and the way that you listen i think should, i think it's just like healthy living i guess yes, for like yes. A better word. no
0: I, I think you just gave a lot of people i think that can
1: translate over to any hobby yeah and another challenge to that is you know a lot of us that are in the vinyl community, we're also coming from the perspective like we 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 want to support our local, yeah, we want to support yeah. that's huge,
0: that's and huge.
1: like so, uh, but we have to make sure as, as you know, it's like all about balance like you have to balance it with your own personal kind of space and your own your own kind of needs. It's so weird you mentioned we
0: that to- it's so weird you mentioned that because I was just thinking about that the other day. Uh, I, I I had a call with uh, with I had a show with uh with Jarvis from h r records. Yeah. I I, just
1: finished it the other day.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I hope you liked it. Uh, And and it's it's so weird though, because so I said in that episode that I was going to visit him and, and like that week and I got off and like you said, life hit, life hit me like a Mack truck, right? Like I had to move, Mm -hmm. we had to pack, we, we packed, we moved. My job's going crazy. I always feel like I'm, you know, I'm perpetually feeling like I'm always going to get fired. Uh, and that's just like that weird thing with me, right? And so like, and I'm trying, and I'm continuing with this and trying to make this a thing, right? And so like with all of that, it's just like, oh, I forgot to go to HR last week.
1: And it's like, it's the same thing in the, in the audiophile space where it's like, you know, you know, the only difference is like, I feel supporting your local record store it feels more like a more like a more communal purist approach mm. than supporting some random audio company kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, verse, but there are definitely like in the audiophile space, there are you know a lot of the stuff that I've invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the stuff like the Techniques is owned by like this huge conglomerate called Panasonic. Yeah. Um, but Techniques is kind of like their. Very small, individualized like operation within that. But a lot of the stuff that you know I've invested in, purchased in, is coming from a much like smaller, smaller private business. You know, like what like for my for my amp mm-hmm. comes from a place called Benchmark that's made See, their, that's- they, they cut the, They cut their game. Like through the studio professional music scene and then they transitioned that into the kind of the consumer space that's awesome. but like i know that i can call i can call benchmark and i'll actually talk to the dude that actually built my amp kind of thing that's, right and that's like, cool so that's so I, cool i i know if like if i have an issue like with my amp or whatnot um or something weird like i know i can call mm-hmm. and because the the company is small enough where i'm most likely talking to the dude that either designed or built the thing that i'm listening to like I, that's another way that i think even as an audiophile you can actually feel connected to a yeah, community it's,
0: it's connectivity versus
1: just bot exactly versus just buying something random from some like faceless like conglomerate or corporation um i would i would always advocate even in the audiophile space there are so many quality small individually owned businesses that produce quality engineering gear whether it be like the u-turn guys Mm -hmm. or um this that and that where like these are actual like human beings that are supporting their families and they've chosen to produce electronics and gear for like our enjoyment and our entertainment and that's the other side of the kind of, I guess. That I think aspect. that's dope.
0: I think that's super dope. And, and it speaks to how, like, again, how I said before, how lush our, our hobby is that we have all of these, these people in these places. And, and so audiophile, like, and I always knew this based off of some of the forums I'm a part of where, you know, they mm-hmm. they drop some of the the local mom and pop places. Now, do you support uh, buying from mom and pops who, who buy a third party? from like a techniques or like, you know, like, uh, so these little, yeah, uh, these shops that, you know, can get this stuff imported and then they resell yes. it. like You support that. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, so I think it actually goes back to one of your previous questions. If you're someone new to this like vinyl scene and you're wanting to get a first setup, mm-hmm. I've actually noticed a lot of my locals, um, my local record stores, they're, they're, um, They've got a couple of like quote unquote like starter turntables yeah yeah yeah, to kind yeah of like I get started that. on yep. and actually when I look at some of the stuff that they're carrying I'm like this is actually this is actually really decent good. it's really actually good. kind of quality stuff so a lot of it is like um one of my locals carries the the LP sixty they carry the LP one twenty yeah um, I, and I forgot what some of the other models are so you know that's actually a really good space where you're at your local record store and if they're also carrying because it actually, if you think about it for a record store owner, it it makes sense for them not to sell you junk. Yep. It actually makes sense for them that they've taken the time to kind of research and curate what would be some good entry level turntable What's setups best, yeah. for potential customers. So that's actually a really good opportunity if, you, if you're Googling and your online research takes you down a very dark path where you're like, I don't know about this. Like just- Which it will. <laughs> yeah exactly just talk to your local store owner and if it's someone that you've developed a relationship with and that you can trust like just ask them you know get their opinion perfect shout out perfect
0: shout out and and i know for for certain people like in dc if you're listening and you're in dc people like charvis over in hr people like neil over in psalm um i can't think about the people who own birdland and songbird but uh but they are great people i've talked to them a number of times and they all all these stores sell turntables they sell um and good turntables lp yeah. 120s and up uh, i know yeah. neil has a whole bunch of uh, uh preamps and amplifiers and neil has a whole yeah. bunch of those in his shop and like some of the some of the vintage ones too even um and so like it's a good place not to just go for records but to go for advice and i think that all of the shops in dc i think that it's a very community-based place here in dc yes um and so i know for certain that like if you go to these shops and you ask questions no one's gonna be laughing at you or or not answering your question or not being helpful like these people are here to help so by the way that makes me think so You're my second guest already from Chicago. Do you know that? Do you know that? Like Chicago, Chicago's a huge supporter of the Record Spinner podcast, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I love Chicago so much. So, (laughs) so yeah,
1: yeah. Like, like I I said, like I said, I mentioned before, what brought me, and maybe what brings other people like me Mm -hmm. into your space, is not just like you know, not just Black Americans, but I guess just like people that appreciate and love black music yeah but coming as uh as as not a black individual myself understanding that a part of the appreciation and the enjoyment of black music you have to also put in an investment and work on understanding the black experience yeah Yeah. you you just have to do that and that's actually that's what brought me like that's what brought me like i think i was on my spotify and i was just like searching like jazz that's really cool um black you know black music podcast and like you your yours like it's like it pops up like pretty near the top which you know i just want to i want i want to give you you know i want to project to you the energy because i know life can be tough and sometimes you're going to have these these moments where you're like Man, I just—I'm not sure if I can keep going. I'm not sure if I can keep doing this thing. And whatever energy I can project to you to, to motivate you dude, keep going, man. We, we need this. Keep that's going. beautiful, keep man. Keep that's,
0: like seriously, I—I don't, you know I don't think you would know how. Like that—that's some like beautiful shit, man. Like seriously, yeah. because I mean, like, I, I know
1: it's—I know it's tough. It's, it is. It is.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, first keep of all, going. The, keep going. but yeah, I—I I needed that because doing stuff like this one it's i'm not doing it for like you know for popularity i know it's not gonna really hit like that right like i'm talking about niche things i'm talking about black music in a way that i think is a little bit more radical than we talk about black music currently um and then the second yeah like i i I mean not seeing the fruits of your labor necessarily like having you know having you know speaking into the void we call it right like you know where like everyone and their mom has a podcast now right so it's like yeah you know that it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of work to get to a certain place that you feel like you're capable of maintaining and capable of uh of achieving but yeah I, when when i get emails like yours when when we set up things like we set up today it definitely makes me feel like you know, like i'm on the right path it doesn't matter how long it yeah, takes definitely. like just i gotta keep going
1: anytime you want me um to be here with you to, to kind of do this um i'm here for you man i'm here for this thanks so, man I, I really
0: appreciate that and so I, I do want you to like list any places you want people to check out of your work i, I know you write. you yeah you do stuff yeah, like sure. that please let me know where people can find you where people can support anything like that
1: yeah so um, within the vinyl community space, definitely uh, Analog Planet, uh, and that's AnalogPlanet.com. Um, edited and owned by um, just a great dude and yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, an advocate, and just you know one of the most purest advocates for just vinyl records, you know, of any dude I've ever met, Michael Framer, and he has a team of writers um, such as myself that I feel like are just are, are coming into this audiophile, music, record, vinyl space with with good intentions, mm-hmm. with wanting um, to educate, with wanting to share. So that, that would be the, the primary space that I would kind of lead um, people to. Awesome. Um, but other than that, uh, um, I know you have a, a vinyl recommendation element. Yeah. 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 You want to. So, you want to uh, give I, one. I, I, I would like. Yes. Okay. Yes. We have a Actually,
0: guest um, giving the vinyl recommendation yeah. of the week this week.
1: And I'm sorry because you know just one of my idiosyncrasies. Like if you say give me one recommendation, like I give you three. Like I just <laughs> like. <laughs> so I've got three for you. Okay. One, let's go. Let's you, go. But, this okay, is this right, is right, dope. Right, let's cool. do it. Okay. Cool. So. Um, number one um i know you've got an instagram space and i'm actually because i'm just like i'm i'm a dad and i dads don't know social media like i actually don't have an instagram okay but like hearing you kind of talk about that space as a place where uh people in the vinyl community it's a big space I, for vinyl yeah all right, all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get on that instagram.
0: yeah yeah you should you, you definitely should
1: um but i did like when i just like randomly googled and i saw like Like Instagram is weird where it's like, I can't, I have to make an account to actually see your full Instagram thing. But I saw like you had started to dip into the tone poet series and I think you had made a post where it's like, what are some of the other tone poets? So I've got a tone port that I think you need to have if we don't have it already.
0: Yes. All right, Andrew Hill. Yes, I love Andrew Hill departure. I have that on vinyl. Uh, yep. I love that one. Yep. That's a classic. I've got,
1: I've got all, I've got all the stuff. So I've got the point of departure on that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not departure. Series. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, and that that one's just awesome. I it's love Scott that. Right. Dolphy and Tony Williamson. It's, it's it's kind of like hard bop starting to take those next. Yeah, yeah. You see, it's like you see it into the more the free stuff. But this is going to be in that same space. Okay. I would still define this as hard bop, but Andrew Hill. You can't you can't box him into a category or a genre. So with him, Joe Henderson, man, that guy can blow. Yes, and he knows and how he's to on play. everything. He knows how to. Yes, and what I love about Joe Henderson is he knows how to play. He can keep it in the box to kind of suck you in. Yeah. But then he'll start venturing outside that box where your brain's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another piece of him too. Andrew Hill, Richard Davis, Roy Haynes. Um, beautiful cover, beautiful music. Love it, Black Fire, um, and then Black Fire. Yeah, love it. Oh yeah, that's right. Like in the Tone Poet series. Um, so his Passing Ships,
2: that
1: mm-hmm. album, was released digitally for the first time like two thousand three. So it was like recorded in the late nineteen sixties. Passing Ships had like just a murderer's row of some of the greatest jazz musicians of that phase, but due to whether it be label disputes or just like. Label transitioning because Blue Note had this this transition yeah. in the late sixties, early seventies that kind of caused them, you know, caused that whole yep, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they started doing some weird stuff. That, that that passing ships didn't get released and only digitally, like in two thousand three. But one of the next tone ports that's being released is the very first vinyl cut from the analog master tape issue on vinyl ever of mm. passing ships mm. and that's one of the next um tone poets okay so well yeah when I'm that, definitely when, grabbing that when yeah. that actually when that actually comes all right but i'm getting distracted right, no no
0: go for this, the next uh, one
1: all right so my next one i just got this this is from strata records which mm. i guess is like a cousin of strata east
0: yeah yeah something and like that i think is, it's some type um, of affiliate
1: yeah this is a uh, maolawi maolawi mm. i'm not familiar with this artist maolawi mm, but i guess like he's definitely like in the more spiritual i could tell by the cover the cover
0: is just spiritual like
1: (laughs) the music it's awesome it's it's absolute fire he's a local he's a chicago dude too nice um so i guess like you know art ensemble chicago like chicago huge deal i
0: love them yeah yeah
1: yeah so this is from the kind of chicago historical uh uh free spiritual jazz space which Mm -hmm. i'm just starting to kind of like dip my toes in so it's another connection to your podcast. Yeah, I was listening to your podcast. I was like, "Oh, that's, I'm not familiar with those." Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah,
0: it, it's something i I've, I have. A, I have a whole foot in now, um, and, and, yeah. and and it's weird because so we were emailing back and forth, and just before you give your last one, I don't know if it is that one. I hope it's not the the one I'm about yeah. to say. But Black Unity uh, Trio. Oh man, uh, like no, I got you. Yeah. I oh. knew that was it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> awesome. But yes, that
1: was just, I was like, what is you know like like i am a blue note hard bop fan like that was like my bread and butter bread and butter of my collection it's the bread and butter of my listening taste. but after a while a lot of the hard bop stuff like it does get a little formulaic yeah like the musicians come in with the head they go into their improvised solos yeah. in the middle you might have like a drum or a bass break yeah and then it goes back into the head, to the head yeah. and that's the kind of yeah. the song yeah. Yeah. but you know artists like andrew hill joe henderson lee morgan at some point in time they started to ask to kind of ask themselves like deeper questions about music f- f- about yeah. music that started to get them to kind of branch out yeah, the, the theory changed yeah 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 yes yes and that's kind of that's a lot of the stuff that i'm starting to transition and listen to and then if you keep going down that rabbit hole that kind of culturing kind of being yeah i was gonna say coltrane's open.
0: responsible for a lot of that um so yeah exactly
1: yeah. so when i went when I listened to this that's heat like i was like oh what is it like just sounds like an ocean yeah like just a wave it's like like i know there's a beat there and i know there's melody there but i'm not even breaking it down you're just like spiritual. you're like you're taken to a higher plane yeah
0: it's food man it's, it's spiritual pain. food
1: yeah and then obviously I, I know we talked about this in my in, in the email but the best part of this is like not only the liner notes oh, man but in the liner notes you get this full extensive paragraph how they mastered it what kind of master tape did they use what kind of gear did they use um how did they actually transfer it how did they take care of this um what kind of converters they use what kind of cutting lathe who is the person that actually physically cut this record and just how like when you see a record when you see a record that Clearly these people know how important this music is. Audiophiles. Yeah. These are audiophiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these are audiophiles that know I have the expertise and the technology to really make this music come alive mm-hmm. in your space. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 like that's good audiophile. <laughs> yeah, right? no, no, yeah. Random yeah. random dude online that is speaking down to you and making you feel like shit. That's not good. Audio not file. a good audio no. file. you know. Not a good photo. This, these audio files are amazing because they will make this like come alive. They'll make in it. And
0: I just ordered that. I just ordered my copy of that. So I'm really excited to get it. Uh,
1: Thank yeah. you so much. And you for saw that. that space and you saw the space where they, um they're donating 50. I think 50% of the proceeds yeah. are going to the actual musician. So, important. so it's like, that's a, that's an org they just they just get it they understand what it's all about
0: yeah it's it's such an important thing and and there's another element of of this podcast that definitely talks about uh that moment in in jazz music history in the in the late 50s some say it started in the mid, mid mid to late 60s uh, with groups like strata East and black jazz and tribe out in Detroit. I mention these people all the time. They are lesser knowns that I'm finding out about all the time. Like those guys uh, out in Cleveland or was it Cleveland, Ohio, or just Ohio? I don't know if it was Cleveland, but there's a, there's black fire over here in in Richmond, Virginia. And, and so there's a Mm -hmm. lot that, 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 that movement in the, in that late sixties, early seventies was extremely important to music in general but for black music i think it it just it broke the glass ceiling essentially um and so that's why that's my like just my favorite and in, in addition to that of course the music is fire like the this is a moment in time where you know? like you said you just broke it down music was like this jazz music the head it, it went in from the head there were some solos there were some things things got a little little interesting but then mm-hmm. it broke for a little break and then it went back Mm -hmm. to the head the song was over Mm -hmm. in this in this move in this movement the music changed the music was like we we really don't have to follow this essentially we can do (laughs) we can start with the end we can we can take a break after Uh that we can Uh go to the beginning like there doesn't need to be a form essentially there needs to be a feeling Mm -hmm. and that feeling That, that created the, the world yeah. win now, in my opinion. That's like the big yeah. bang of music yeah. it, and it just took off and okay. became its own thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that the, the the vinyl recommendation of the week this week was amazing. Brought to you by Ryan Claren. Uh, dude, we're going to have you back, dude. I, I mean, yeah.
1: I, I don't Always. know. I'm
0: here, man. Yeah, I don't know uh, how often you're going to answer the call yeah. because I am going to call on you,
2: <laughs> but yeah. no, I really appreciate
0: know. it. I, I hope that the, the listeners definitely understood where we were going. Um, we wanted to frame it in us in sort of a debate way, uh, but it turned into a, a really good discussion. And I think we ended up agreeing more than we disagreed on almost everything. Um, and the, there's some fundamental things I think that we both think are important to to new and beginning vinyl enthusiasts, yes. and that's to mm-hmm. to pace yourself, start mm-hmm. wherever you feel is an, wherever your budget can can allow allow you to start mm-hmm. so if you have a little bit of wiggle room start nicer lp120 or something like that mm-hmm. if you don't start with even the suitcases if you're starting yeah. but mm-hmm. the starting point is just the starting point um we okay. also talked about just like how not i don't want to say materialism because i don't want to make it political but just Take your time with this stuff all of it whatever your hobby is whatever your yeah. thing is just take your time pace yourself relax it's mm-hmm. not going anywhere and it's all about the music, mm-hmm. music at the end of the day for music Exactly. Definitely. so definitely, and, and i definitely. think and i think honestly as an audiophile you you definitely are a good audiophile and a good person. I could tell it. that just right <laughs> off right off rip. Oh man. Yo, Ryan, we'll have you back on the Record Spinner Podcast. Thank you so much for being a part, bro. My You've pleasure. been a real, real, real treat. And um and yeah, for all those new to the vinyl space, I hope you gleaned something from this conversation. Um, even to those who aren't new to this space, I hope you you maybe understood that while we're in a serious hobby and and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of money going around, like You don't have to take it so serious all the time.
2: Yeah. Peace, guys.